Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Extra Extra coming to you. You're going to get two episodes in one week. That's pretty impressive. I don't know what our episode later this week is going to be about, but we just wanted to come to you tonight. And uh, we're your hosts, Brian, Nathan, and JC. And uh, kind of chat. It's been a wild couple days on social media and within the RFP world. And uh, we just want to kind of come and let you hear our hearts tonight. Yeah, and we want to jump right in by saying um, this disagreement has stirred up a lot of things that we never wanted it to. I don't think the other side really wanted it to. But before we go any further, I want everybody to know that I consider Will and Brian of the church split my friends. And I'm thankful for them. We've spent the last year and a half ministering with them. We haven't agreed on everything, but man, we've gotten along great. We even spent some time with them in Michigan, JC, and had a blast, mm -hmm. man. And uh, thankful for those guys. We've taken up for each other. We fought for each other. And I just want everybody to know they are not our enemy. We're not out mm -hmm. to get them. I still consider them my friends. JC and I were a lot closer to them than Brian Edwards was because he had never met the, either of them in person. But he had been interviewed on their podcast and different things like that. I just want to say they're our friends, and yeah. I want people to know that we're we're trying to reach out with this episode. Just remember, Brian didn't meet them in person because he wasn't getting paid to go to Michigan that that weekend that we oh, went up there. Just there's, just just a reminder. Just got to put it out there. You. <laughs> hey, you don't want to bring that up, or I'll talk about all the money I paid to go to Missouri. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, you know, man. a lot of people have made a lot of really strong accusations on social media over the past yeah. few days. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds us, you know, hatred stirs up strife. Yeah. Love covers a multitude of sins. If, if we just, if as sinners, we love people as sinners, then that love will cover a multitude of sins because we're not surprised by failure. We know it's a part of our human nature. Um, sometimes we miss the mark even unintentionally. But people have made a lot of bombastic claims, and and they're trying to pit us against one another. Mm -hmm. um, guys, I made a personal decision just not to engage in that because mm -hmm. here's why. I type things and then delete, type things mm -hmm. and then delete. And I, I've got to be honest with the audience. I've deleted some fire this past week and uh, <laughs> I have it kind to. of grieved me to do it. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's like the Holy spirit says, do not press the post button. Do yeah. not press the post button. And, you know, now we have to take every thought captive, not only and keep our, our tongue in check as James says, but now we have to be careful for the way our mind speaks through our fingertips and mm. uh, we can be a lot bolder with our fingertips on social media than we can be with our mouths, even in person. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people that speak very loudly on social media. And I, I think, I think that's why tone really matters. Um, I do believe it's hard to hear someone's heart, hear their mission, if you will, through a tweet, through a post, um, you can read into that, what you think about a person. And I'll be honest with you guys. That's why I've, I've picked up the phone this week and started calling people, uh, shocker. I had a 30 minute, 45 minute conversation with Steve Brudneck on the phone. 
I picked up what? the phone and called him. I said, Steve, it's JC. What? I was sitting in the Chick-fil-A line. And uh, I told him, I was like, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat things just because I'm talking to you and it's not on Twitter. I love you as a brother in Christ. I don't like you. We're not going to go to a Cardinals game together because the Cardinals are horrible. Go Braves. But, <laughs> you know, just even though we don't agree on things, that doesn't mean that we're not going to spend eternity together. We are Christians. And I, I wanted him to hear my heart. Uh, there's, I appreciate, I've reached out to a lot of people this week and said, hey, here's my phone number. Call me. And I've had conversations with people. I'm taking the Brian and Nathan approach and just saying, hey, call me. Because, you know, before you two came into my life and even up until lately, I like to write things out and hit post and not think about that. So I'm I'm trying to become more like you, Pappy. Um, you know, where I'll just write it and hit the lead. <laughs> and there are a lot. Imagine that, uh, how bad that would be if I hit post. Um but, you know, I do believe that that tone matters. And, you know, for, for those guys that have reached out and talked, thank you. Guys like Ben Davis and and Steve. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really honored that they would that they would talk to me and, and hear us out. Um, listen, this this is a story um, that, like you said, Nathan, kind of kind of got escalated real quick um, and almost pointlessly. Um, you know, we, we, we own our part of this, our decision that made Will and Brian feel like we were pushing them out and we were separating from them. That is not at all what we intended, not no. at all. And I, I have said that one million times. Steve Brednack says, why don't you just own up to it that you wanted them out? And that's why you did this. I said, Steve, I'm not a liar. I cannot say yeah. that because we did not intend on that to happen. Um, it's how they felt. It's it's what they're running with, and that's fine. We'll let them do that. We get that. But I, I feel like we want to explain our perspective for them just as much as as anyone. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we've known these guys for a while. Um, I was on there back in June of 2020. Uh, that was kind of – I believe I, I did the first interview on you the did. church split yeah. back in 2020. That's before they were ever on the podcast – or on the network. Nate, you interviewed with them a couple months later. Brian, you were right there. Was it before or after joining the network that you went on, Brian? I have remember? no idea. Yeah. It was about but the all same time, us, I think. I think yeah. so. All three of us have been on there. And then we invited them to join the RFP network. Um, the mission statement was our only document or guideline when we asked them to join. Uh, yeah. You know, we Will says that we promise not to censor. Obviously, you know, we reserve the right to manage our network, um, but that didn't mean he couldn't teach just anything. We, there were times where we got on the call. I could think of an instance in particular where I said, Hey man, you know, if there's any way you could not do this, it would really help yeah. us out because yeah. what people don't understand is because you're under the RFP network content that's being put out there. That's RFP recovering fundamentalist podcast. Yeah. So we're, we're guilty by association. And a lot of the stuff that was being put out there was blasting us and we were getting blasted and we're like, hold up. What are you talking about? We don't know. Yeah. And so we, yeah. we have never ever dictated what any of the podcast on the RFP network put out. We don't have conversations about content. We don't have conversations about episodes. We invite them in 
and say, hey, we want you to be part of this mission. And here we are believing that it's vitally important now that we are all theologically aligned. And that's kind of where we're at right now today on Sunday night at 10 o'clock. Yeah, you know, I was thinking too, JC, I was just having a really deep conversation in my own mind. You know, this is not like when Carolina and Duke go at it. Come on, Carolina. And they have the goal for one of them to win. And so they fight it out and they battle it out. And then at the end of the day, Carolina crushes Duke under their feet. You know, this is not (laughs) like that, JC. This This is not two opposing sides. We want Jesus to win. And Amen. so it's not about we wear, I just thought I'd bless you with that, my friend. Brian, this I am writing about, tweets in my brain right now that I'm not going to hit send on. <laughs> this is not about, I can see your face. You don't have to, but look, oh, man. Too this soon, is bro. not about, Too this soon. is not about, well, truth hurts, but this is not about, <laughs> we want to win. We want to win at all costs. No, this is yeah. about, we want Jesus no. to win. And so no. we want our tone to reflect the fact that we want the name of Christ to be honored above mm-hmm. all. And, um, being right is not always most important. Yeah. And so I want to walk through a timeline because I was involved. You guys knew about it, but I was the one kind of directly talking to them most of the time. So right. this, this is their story. And, uh, there was a meme that had this listed out. They also made it a post that kind of put this out and it's been defended by their, by them multiple mm. places. And, uh, so, so this is what, their storyline was, and then I want to address where we're coming from. They started off by saying the RFP said, we want you to leave our network and publicly announce it. They said, we don't want to leave. We said, tell the world and be gracious about it. Don't stir up anything unnecessarily. They said, we don't want to leave. We said, sign this statement or leave. They said, this violates our original agreement. We said, good, you want to leave. Goodbye, brother. They said, explain the real reason, or or they explain the real reason why they are no longer a part of the network. We say this is unnecessarily divisive and contentious. You just like attention. We will disappear and make sure that no one can contact us about what has been done. They say, I just wanted to work together. We say, you're a heretic. We couldn't let you teach our youth, but we don't believe you're bad, and we can still fellowship. Okay, we love you. So that's kind of how they presented the storyline. Well, there, that, there's some... And just for clarity, that's in a meme form. That's, that's in a meme. On the recovering fundamentalist. Yeah, but it has also yeah. been put on Twitter, multiple Everywhere. Uh, comments. Yeah. Uh, I have talked to uh, Melinda, who's Will's sister, and also a part of the network, uh, helping with the network. I've, I've talked for an hour and a half with her yesterday, uh, texting back and forth, trying to reconcile this. And that's their clear story, as anybody could see. And that's why people were yeah. so upset at us. People got really angry because of the storyline, just saying that we were determined to kick them out. Yeah, JC. And by no means, I, I feel like we need to say this, by no means did our silence or when we were saying there are things we cannot talk about, were we yeah. ever ever alluding to the fact that they had fallen into sin, that they no. had done something morally wrong, nope. that they were not even close. Don't no, they allow that. Yes. They asked us not to share some details, and that's what we were saying. We can't tell the whole story, and it made us look bad that we didn't share the whole story. Yeah. 
And then finally, Will shared it accidentally, I think, (laughs) through a comment and sharing a picture that was from a personal text message from he and I. And once he shared that, then I was free to go ahead and say, hey, this is our story. So we want to explain what happened. People are actually demanding. We don't always give in to demands, but okay, here, we're going to share what happened. It's our timeline and we have nothing to hide. So going back to after we invited them on, probably a few months later, we started noticing some different theology. People very quickly started reaching out and saying, hey, why are you guys affiliated with them? Why are they on? They're teaching some different doctrine. I had multiple and, calls. And we were concerned. We, we discussed probably a year ago, we started discussing, we probably should have had a statement of faith and we really yeah. need to do that before anybody else comes on. But we were like, if we present one now, that's going to cause problems. Let's just, so we started having conversations with them. Then fast forward to when Eric Skorzynski leaves the faith. That was an episode they did. We asked them not to publish that. We said, leave it alone. And we had major concerns about some statements that they said in that about victims and about reformed theology. We had some big problems with that. I, people started calling us demanding that we kick them out of the network People inside of the network and outside of the network were upset about things that were said, and some people were saying we needed to kick them out. Some people that even left calling themselves RFP fam because we didn't kick them out. We stood up for them. So, uh, yeah, Brian. I was just going to say I have a very, very, very close personal friend who was deeply hurt by the language of that episode. I've never heard that episode even to this day, but my relationship with my friend was greatly damaged because we didn't uninvite the church split at that moment to leave the network. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of kicking them out, we contact, I contacted Will personally. We had a very difficult conversation, but it ended, it ended in, in friendship. And, uh, we told him we couldn't support the stances he was taking. He said he would clarify it. And in his defense, he did try to kind of clear it up just a little bit. Um, But again, people still kept demanding that we kick them out and we refused to kick them out. But we talked a lot at that point, a few months ago, whenever that episode happens, you can look it up about a statement of faith and and publishing that. Um, So then fast forward to uh, February. So two months ago, Will contacted us and said, I I think he reached out to you first, JC, and then he sent me a message. And they told us that they were starting their own network. They said, this is secret. We don't want anybody to know, but we're starting our own network. We said, oh, he told me, he said it will be broader doctrinally, which immediately was a red flag for me. We were already in danger zone doctrinally, getting close to some issues that were just essential for us. Uh, But he said it would be broader doctrinally and even have an open theist podcast on the network a host that was an open theist and that would promote that he said he was fine with that much openness and there would network and we're we're not fine with that and Mm -hmm. uh we said look we're happy for you matter of fact we'll give you a shout out we'll help in any way possible and we'll announce when you launch out from our network and will kind of paused and he was like uh we don't want to leave your network and we said uh you can't be a part of a different network and our network, you need to just have your own. And we discussed that. Finally, I told him, I said, look, Brian, JC, myself, we, we talked about this and we think it's a matter of wisdom that we don't have the two networks affiliated. I mean, Mm. we don't have any say zero say input into what they do. 
and we're already struggling with some doctrinal issues. So this is a good opportunity for us to peaceably let them start something new, us to be proud of them, even though we disagree about some things. And, you know, this end in a good place for us. And we can just go our different directions and still love each other as, as Christian brothers. Will actually agreed to that and said, okay, you know, we don't want to leave, but that's fine. I, I understand where you're coming from. Later that night, Brian Bodie started texting and basically said, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to kick us out. That's what you're doing anyway, and we're not going to let you, you know, make up this story like we're choosing to leave. We re reiterated to them that we're not kicking them out, but we thought it was wise for both networks not to be affiliated. And we asked that they respect our views. And they, again, just refused to leave. So we set a date and said, look, we're going to have to announce this. Um, so we gave them till the date, March 4th, I think it was, something like that. Well, uh, Brian's father-in-law, I believe it was, passed away. And so I was just like, no, I'm going to give them a, a few more weeks. I'm not going to enforce this. So we just kind of dropped it. I kept, you know, I reached out after a week, after two weeks and said, you know, are you guys going to announce this? And they're like, we're not ready to announce it. Plus, if you're going to kick us out, just kick us out. And I was like, do you, you guys just want drama? I said mm. that it's in the text message. And I still have all these texts. I was like, do you just want drama? Is that, is that what you want? And they're like, no, we don't want drama. We just don't want to lie about what you were doing. And I was like, well, we need you to pull out. We need you to announce you're leaving, even if you don't announce your network or let us say that you're just leaving and we won't tell why, but we're going separate ways. And we've got plans that we can't pursue until you guys are gone. What we were talking about was the statement of faith because we knew they couldn't agree to the statement of faith and it wasn't intended for them. They were leaving. We had already agreed until they came back and said, you know, we're, we're, you're going to have to kick us out. So we again, reiterated just, you know, go. And we were planning to release the statement of faith for future people joining the podcast, but obviously it had to apply to everybody already in the network. When they refused to leave, then we just released the statement of faith to everybody because it's something that we as pastors are adamant about. We were allowing things on our network that could have got us fired from our jobs that yeah. went against our statement of faith, statements of faith at our churches. So Anyway, they refused to sign it. We felt like there was some drama, but, you know, we handled it within the network. They submitted some corrections. We said, look, the doctrine in this is not up for debate. You can either stay or you can leave. And the big, here's the big linchpin, guys, and I don't want to go through all the details. This is the big deal. We feel we have the right to direct our network. We feel we have the right to have a doctrinal statement. Every, almost every Christian organization has a statement of faith. Crew has it, FCA has it, Summit mm -hmm. has it. Like just go down the, the focus on the family, whatever. It, they all have statements of faith you have to agree to to work there. Now we weren't paying anybody any money, but it's still an affiliation. And us saying, hey, we, we feel we need to have this set up as a standard. It was for unity. And we were not trying to kick them out. As a matter of fact, we let them stay for a really long time when we weren't comfortable because we didn't want to just kick them out. We wanted to honor our agreement. But in the beginning, the only agreement was our statement of faith or not mm -hmm. our statement of faith, our, our mission statement. Mission statement. Yeah. So, so, you know, that was basically all there was. So JC moving on from there. 
so I, th- I think a couple things happened. One, they they signed the edited document that they went in and scratched our stuff out, wrote their stuff in, and signed that one and sent it back to us, kind of, you know, joking around, but serious. And, you know, Nate, you responded, thanks for removing yourself. You know, yeah. we wish you the best. I mean, it's cordial. We're doing this on our group me with the network. Um, you know, they ask us as they were leaving to not mention the, their network. We agreed, said, you have our word. We won't mention a word about that. Wished them the best, and we moved on. Um, back up, Will's sister and brother-in-law were um, moderators on our RFP family group page. She wrote us a letter back in February that said on March 4th she was going to be leaving to go join their network. And so, you know, it was they were leaving being moderators. Will and Brian were stepping out to go do this. Um, and we understood so that. That made perfect sense. We were sense. good with that. They're Literally, family, yeah that morning there was no drama that morning it was like we were all in agreement this is what they're doing they're going to start a new network we wished them well we were excited for them we said we're we're your cheer i literally put this in there we are your biggest cheerleaders we're excited you're going to do this and it's almost like there was a pre-written statement ready to hit social media because just as soon as they left all of that this published and misleading and accusation document that left out key details claiming we kicked them out and separated from them just like IFB churches do. And so it started hitting the fan and that's when, you know, we published a statement, paused the, uh, I, I made the re the reaction to being like, man, I cannot handle pointless drama right now. So I sent a text that I'm just going to pause everything. So, you know, we paused the family group page. We paused Twitter, Instagram, for a little and we bit. think that's very wise. We think it was yeah. wise to do that. We we weren't trying Not, to run from anything. We just didn't no. want unnecessary fights. There's it, there's I, a time to step away and think and pray before you yeah. talk, and that was our intention. That's exactly why we did that. And you know, we are not interested. Please hear me. We are not interested in attacking them. We no. did not want to engage. We wanted to make wise choices in this, and the no. story that was out there to get them and that we were uh, yeah yeah that we were out to get them and we didn't want them in the network underhandedly pushing them away while uh, trying to be the good guys listen we were called a lot of things full of full of like evilness liars cowards all these accusations that we got from them and other people who were influenced by their story um we we don't hold that against them they felt slighted. We really believed uh, they, they really believed that we had betrayed their, their friendship and their trust. It's just not true. That it's simply not true at all. Brian, would you explain to us how what we did is different than how the IFB separates from people? We've been accused that we are acting just like the IFB. This is not ecclesiastical separation saying they're not Mm-mm. brothers in faith. That's that's what does it look like when an IFB church is church separates from people? So several years ago, I was preaching a revival meeting at an independent Baptist church. And no one asked me had I prayed over the meeting. No one asked me had I studied to bring something fresh to the meeting. No one asked me about the moral condition of my life. No one asked me any of those questions. But on the third night of the revival meeting, the pastor came to me, and I don't know if someone had 
looked at our social media or had talked to someone else, but he asked me the question unexpectedly. He said, does your wife wear pants? Hmm. And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, she does. And he just started to verbally dress me down. I mean, it was, you know, he, he was really harsh. And I said to him, I said, well, listen, I'll take you over to, uh, to Belk right now and buy you any pair of pants in the women's department that you'll wear. Why don't you just go over there with me right now? And he said, I'm not getting any of those pants. I said, I know because they're women's, but, Mm. but he, for the rest of the week treated me horribly. It was obvious that he didn't want me there. Um, going out to eat at the restaurants, everything that was connected to him spending time with me ended immediately. Um, I had a call several years ago. There was a pastor. I love him so much and respect him so much. I will not call his name, but I believe he was strongly considering me to be his successor. He had me preach frequently for him. And I found out that one night there was a conversation at a table among a bunch of pastors that Hope Church sang praise choruses. And when he heard that I sang praise choruses, um, that night at the table, there was a lot of really, really harsh conversation directed toward me. I actually had a friend who was a part of that conversation that both of you guys know. He actually called and in tears apologized, apologized that he was even a part of the conversation. He wished he had spoken up. But that pastor never had me again, never explained to me why, never gave me a reason why. I have so many stories like that about men who separated from me over meaningless issues. And I can't speak for either one of you guys, but Hope Church represents about 3,000 people now people who trust that they're going to hear sound doctrine, people who trust that their pastors are going to be defenders of sound doctrine. If I'm honest, and you know, guys, you know me, I'm always straightforward. I I strive to be straightforward with kindness, but I believe penal substitutionary atonement is a gospel issue. Yeah, it is. So for me, that's not some sideline issue. That's not the equivalent of, hey, somebody called and said, and I don't even know that this is true. I'm making this up. But it's not like someone called and said, hey, Will was smoking a cigar and someone saw him. Oh, that's the end of him. Or someone sat next to him in the pew at a church service and saw that he was carrying an NIV. Oh, I'll never speak to him again. Yeah, It's not trivial issues. Mm-mm. For me, it's a doctrinal issue. Now, yeah. that has nothing to do with my feelings about Brian and Will. Uh, personally, I don't really even know them. I, I, I've i never even had more than a minute's conversation, true conversation with either one of them. Hardly. I, I met Brian in Missouri for just moments, but we never really talked or engaged one another. So for me, there's nothing personal in me saying that at all. But for people to be on social media accusing me and both of you, you know, of behaving like independent Baptists, you know, here we go again. Guys, this week it's been the, actually, it's been presented 
as if one of us had a huge moral failure that we yeah. embezzled money or had a an extramarital affair or something. Like the attacks have been so bold that I've actually wondered why are people so vicious? Yeah. Because I, I have no vicious attacks against Will and Brian whatsoever. I don't know them personally at all. I know I've heard them talk about their families. I know they love their families. I have no reason to personally attack them. For me, it's a doctrinal issue. Yeah. And and the IFB went so far that they would even practice second degree separation and, or third or fourth. Like they would separate from people who associated with people whose wives wore pants. Like that's, that's the type of separation issues. They treated people like they weren't even Christians. We, we never separated from Christian fellowship with, with them. As a matter of fact, the way we laid it out in our statement of faith, which is public, it's on our website, uh, go to our about tab and you can click on our statement of faith. Uh, we established boundaries for participation within a Christian organization. That is not separating from Christian fellowship. That's not saying they're not a Christian. Every other Christian organization does this. So here's what uh, some people on their side, and even some of them have said about our statement of faith. They've called it traditions of men. They've said separation from a brother in Christ is against the cause of unity and our stand to unite on the fundamentals. They've said we're using a statement of faith to kick, to hide kicking out a podcast and that that is guile or deception or lying. Uh, making a statement of faith is not uniting on the fundamentals. We've had them say multiple times that we are going against our original mission statement and our original agreement. It does not go against that. We never said in our mission statement, we said we exist to help and encourage those whose lives have been negatively affected by fundamentalist legalism in the church and to challenge those who promote tradition over scripture. It doesn't say we're not going to have a statement of faith one day. It doesn't say that we don't believe doctrine strongly enough for you know, second level uh, separation within a Christian organization and doctrinal distinction. So here's a, here's a big point, and we're about to wrap this up. We did an episode on theological triage way before the church split ever joined the RFP network. Uh, we're not hypocrites for setting doctrinal boundaries for participation in our network. It's wise. All Christian organizations do this. So I want to explain very briefly theological triage again. So first level doctrines are doctrines that you have to affirm to be a Christian, to be acknowledged as a Christian brother or sister in Christ. And those are things like the Trinity, the, the blood atonement, I believe is one. Now that's not, we have never called them heretics. We haven't said that they're heretics for having a different view of the atonement. We think they're wrong about it. And we think eventually it leads to heresy. We think it's starting down a dangerous path, which is why we don't want to be associated with it. And uh, it, it, it causes the foundations of our salvation and our understanding of God to, to start crumbling and, and to shake. That's what we believe. But we haven't called them heretics. We just believe this is dangerous doctrine that they're espousing. So first level uh, doctrines are the grounds for Christian fellowship. Anybody who is a true Christian and affirms the orthodox doctrines of the faith, we acknowledge them as a believer. That hasn't changed with them. Second-level doctrines are disagreements between Christians that can still acknowledge each other as believers, but there are significant boundaries for participation in a denomination, a church, or a Christian organization. We presented this a year over a year ago, and before the, the 
their podcast ever became a part of ours or, or our network that we believed in this, that this was essential. We are pastors. We've signed statements of faith. We ask other people in our organization, our churches to sign statements of faith. It's, it's that important. But we, we said, hey, we can still, we can still uh, fellowship with you as Christians, but there's a place in our statement of faith that says for participation in this, the network, you have to sign this or remove yourself from fellowship within the network. That doesn't mean from fellowship as Christians. It means that you don't get to be a part of this organization. Much like if, Brian, you went to your church today and said, hey, I'm going to go take a job with the Methodist church down the road, and I'm going to be preaching for them on Saturday nights and getting paid a lot of money, and I'm going to teach different doctrines over there, but then I'll be here on Sunday morning, and I'm going to teach. Your church and your elders and your deacons and the people that go to your church would have every right to say, no, we're... We're not comfortable with that. And they wouldn't even and, get a chance. My wife would club me over the head. Yeah, I- exactly. So you this would lose all your week, hope church hats. <laughs> that's that's it. JC just said hope church on, on the podcast. Thank you, JC. Shout out. There so, it is. so the second level doctrines are for participation and fellowship within Christian organizations, but still acknowledging you're still a believer. Third level doctrines is open fellowship. These are things like, hey, we can disagree on when Christ is coming back, how it's going to happen, pre-mill, post-mill, post-trib, pre-trib, all that stuff. But we can still go to the same church and have different views on this. It's not even a reason for having separate separate organizations. We believe that at least three or four of the things that Will and the church split, Brian, disagree with us about are means and reasons for uh, not being in the same network and not going to the same church. I made a statement, and it was taking, taken very wrongly, that I love Will, acknowledge him as a Christian, but I wouldn't call him and ask him to speak to my youth group that my kids are a part of. I, I wouldn't, because I don't want him teaching some of those doctrines that I think are potentially dangerous. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't acknowledge he's a Christian. I, I believe he's a Christian. I believe he's one that loves the Lord and loves his family. But here's... Uh, To quote Al Mohler again, when a denomination begins to consider doctrine divisive, theology troublesome, and convictions inconvenient, consider that denomination on its way to a well-deserved death. Someone tried to use this against us, and it actually proves our point, because Al Mohler is the same one that came up with theological triage, and he's basically saying doctrine is very important. It matters. Theology has to be key, and you've got to focus on these things. So we want to say, we believe doctrine matters. Theology is incredibly important, and convictions must come from the Scripture. We believe that we can point out and lay out clearly from Scripture the fact that penal substitutionary atonement is the biblical definition of what happened on the cross, and we don't apologize for believing that. Um, So, we, we want to make a stand on that, and we also want to say that convictions are worth dying for, and they're worth standing up for, and you don't want to ask someone to come stand in your pulpit and preach to the people. God is going to judge you for how they're taught one day. Uh, you don't want to open your pulpit for people to come teach things that you don't think are true. Again, we don't think he's a heretic. We just think it's he's starting down some roads that lead some pretty dangerous places. And finally, guys, I want to say there's no true Christian unity apart from truth and apart from sound doctrine. 
three-fourths of the New Testament is focused on sound doctrine and fighting to maintain the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So we love those guys, and we wish them the best, and we're sorry for the ways that we we misrepresented ourselves and how our intentions were taken wrongly, but we still consider them brothers and wish them the best. Hey, can I give just one word to our listeners? Yeah. Uh, JC kids and calls me Pappy on this one, JC, I'll actually be the old guy. Uh, this is not at all directed toward Will and Brian, because I don't think this necessarily applies to them. All three of us are pastors who are under strong accountability and yeah. under authority. Although I'm the lead pastor of hope church, we have extended to other pastors, the right and the authority to call me in on the carpet. I live under authority. I want all of our listeners to please listen closely. There are people now who are ordering a microphone from Amazon and a headset. <laughs> They're setting up a podcast. No one knows that they attend a local church. No one knows anything about their family life. No one knows anything about whether or not they're under accountability, no one has ever been able to see anything that they've ever accomplished or anything spiritually that they've ever built, but they buy a microphone and they start a podcast and people immediately start treating them as if they have credibility. Having a podcast and a microphone doesn't qualify someone to speak into your life. Who are they? What have they accomplished? What, what kind of authority structure are they under? And it's really sad, guys, when people who call themselves believers affirm an enemy of the faith. When they affirm an enemy of the faith and attack believers and defenders of the faith because it's opposing views on opposing podcasts. Mm. I just want to say this with respect. When we get to heaven, Podcast won't mean crap to God, but yep. truth will. Truth means everything. And so stand for truth, demand truth, and please, for God's sake, make sure that you're listening to people who have credibility and accountability. Amen. You're right, Brian. And we don't apologize for our statement of faith. Uh, we stand on the gospel. Uh, we believe... Uh, what we stand on is truth, and uh, truth doesn't fear a challenge, and we're also going to fight for truth, and I believe that's, you know, what you've seen and, and why we're so passionate about that, and so at the end of the day, uh, we love them. Uh, we're moving on. Uh, the network is continuing to press on. We've got some incredible podcasts on the RFB network. Uh, there's some others that are going to be joining soon. Um, and and incredible excited. unity in the gospel. Oh, like they're excited and, and I, about our statement of faith. And I just want to, I just want to say this. Thank you to the, to the podcasts that are on the network, man, yeah. they signed it. Um, you know, they were excited about that. They understand the unity that comes with all of us being theologically aligned. Um, the conversation we had, they understood the importance of the statement of faith. And so I was excited about that. And uh, guys, I, I really do believe the best is yet to come. And, you know, we, we've been doing this now, 108 episodes, a ton of extras in there. Uh, listen, we're not perfect. 
we never claimed to no. be. No, <laughs> we're, we're not famous. We never wanted to be and hope we never get there. And yeah. we're not finished, at least not yet. We're pressing on, and I do believe the best is yet to come. There's some exciting stuff coming for the RFP, for the RFP network. There's going to be some changes that are going to be put in place that is going to help both this podcast and the network continue to advance forward. Um, we've got some incredible things coming down the pipe with interviews uh, that I'm, I'm actually fired up about, and I wish I could wow. tell everybody about some of these interviews we got coming up. Uh, you know, there's documentaries and books and missions and just so much stuff coming that at the end of the day, we hope that this time in a few years from now, you'll be able to look back and be like, Oh, I understand why that statement of faith. I understand why those things were being put in place and uh, we're just pressing forward and uh, we want to keep our eyes on Jesus and trust him to continue to lead and guide this ministry because that's what it is to us. It is a ministry as well. And uh, Hey Brian. Hey, are are you a Calvinist? No, I'm not. I'm a biblicist, but not a Calvinist. Okay. JC, are you a Calvinist? The closest thing to a Calvinist I am is JC stands for John Calvin. I I like some Calvinist, but I'm not a Calvinist. Yeah. I, I'm I've said I'm reformed, I lean reformed, but that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I'm not a Calvinist. I've never claimed to be a Calvinist. Um, I do appreciate and respect a lot of them. For example, uh, Charles Spurgeon, <laughs> love mm-hmm. the guy, solid Bible preacher, everybody inside and outside of Calvinists usually respect and appreciate him. And there are a lot of modern day Calvinists that I appreciate that I love theology. I love doctrine and I'm very conservative in that. So yeah, I lean that way. I appreciate it. I don't take the title because there's so, so much difference within, within even the Calvinist, uh, world that you know it's like saying you're a baptist well there are there are baptists that ordain homosexuals and there are baptists that say they're god hates them and so it's just so different so mm-hmm. none of us have ever claimed to be calvinist um so i don't have a john calvin or a martin luther tattoo yet so <laughs> <laughs> so i just wanted to get that out there but i love doctrine and theology amen Well, fellas, I love you. Uh, If anything, this past few days has uh, showed us just how important what we're doing is. And uh, thank you to literally the hundreds that have reached out and uh, let us know what this podcast means to you. And uh, it's, it's, I appreciate that encouragement and uh, we're pressing on and uh, we want to continue to help to encourage and to challenge. And that's why we're here. That's why we've been doing this and that's what we're going to continue to do. And, uh, we're going to continue to present truth, and uh, I'm excited to be doing that with you, Brian, and you, Nathan. I appreciate you, fellas. Hey, Love thanks, you guys. Bud. I guess I'll see you here in a couple of days as we record the real episode for this week. Let's do it. Hey, All be right. sweet. Y'all have a good week. Solideo Gloria. Peace. Feliz Navidad. Acuna Matata. <laughs> I love you guys. That was awesome. Uh